0: Brand over coffee conversations are with different experts and inspiring individuals. They may be different in what they do, but they all share one thing in common. They all create, develop, and nurture brands. These conversations will highlight not only their expertise, but also their experiences. And I hope these could help answer some of your questions and inspire you to build your own brands and take your businesses to greater heights. My name is Andrea Ferri founder of the Creative Brand Studio, and your host for this podcast. When you're ready, let's talk Brand Over Coffee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Brand Over Coffee Conversations. With the pandemic and the uncertainty in this world increasing day by day, many of us have been pushed to rethink of what we do in life. So now more than ever, it has become critical to diversify our skill sets and sources of income and not to put all our eggs in just one basket. For today's episode, I am excited to talk to our guest about her experience in pursuing her own business venture while leading a successful career, which I am sure could inspire a lot of us. Joining us all the way from Hong Kong is Lisa Glasgow. Lisa launched her advertising career in 1993 and has gone on to become an internationally awarded creative director and brand strategist with a career that spans Europe and Asia. Hi, Lisa. How are you? How's Hong
1: Kong? Hi, Dre. I'm great. Um, Yeah, I think Hong Kong's probably a little bit better than some places around the world at the moment. So we are allowed out. Um, We are we can shop. So that's good. Uh, Everything closes at six. So I think in terms of Covid and lockdown, uh, we've got a little bit more freedom than some countries. Yeah.
0: So Lise, I did mention that you are a brilliant creative director, but maybe you can tell us more about what you do to get started.
1: <gasps> okay. Um. Yeah. So I guess I started, I, I came to Hong Kong in 1993, um, back in the days when it was still sort of a, a UK territory. So I didn't need a visa. Um, so I took a one-way ticket, couldn't afford a return. And it was literally like, you know, just graduated, the UK was a little bit slow in, in jobs at that time. It was a bit of a depression. Um, and so came to Hong Kong one way ticket and never looked back. Absolutely loved, loved Hong Kong. And I got my first job in advertising, um, with DMB and I spent, I don't know, five, six years here with different agencies. Then I went to Singapore and I worked with B- uh, BBH then came back here and i've been to thailand and i got a job offer in uh shanghai so it's it was a little little bit about following the work and often that meant the clients Mm -hmm. um so unilever moved around asia quite a bit depending on where was the best place for them to settle uh regionally um so a lot of us creatives and i was one of them kind of you know got offered the jobs and followed followed the client around around asia so it's been a great career
0: yeah. And you're still thriving, which is really, really good. So of course I did witness the Lisa, you know, Lisa is the creative when we worked together in Singapore and I know you have yeah. also done so much, but tell me Liz, and this would be a difficult question I know, but is there a particular work for example, that you're most proud of?
1: Ooh.
0: Ooh tough one, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's like um, asking you to pick your most favorite kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um when we won the can gold award for Purcell, um you know that was that was really good one of my ambitions was to win a major award for an fmcg client because they were notoriously hard to get good work through so doing that when you know at low with um dominic stallard and the team that was just awesome so that feeling was fantastic um other pieces of work i'm proud of i mean i'm proud of a lot of the stuff that we've done with different um with different clients we did some anti-narcotic work for uh, singapore anti-narcotics association Mm um and i'm very proud of that actually as well um so yeah some of it obviously for different reasons some of it because it was doing really well from a creative point of view and others because it was creatively geared towards helping people more specifically
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that that was really a proud moment for for everyone in the team, right? When we Indeed. want that gold can um, for for Omo. Yeah, so I understand as well, Lise, Le- now that you have ventured um, into having your own business. So what made you decide to do that? Was there a particular kind of like an aha moment, a eureka moment that made you decide to pursue this?
1: So I think there's been a couple of times over the years where it, it's been a draw for me to do something um, mainly because I like to keep spreading my wings and doing different, you know. So having sort of started in above the line advertising and then moved below, you know, did some work below, went into digital. And for me, the exploring all the different mediums, um, that's really exciting and that's what keeps it all fresh. So again, I suppose having your own agency, um, having your own business, for instance, allows you to keep doing that with different clients and it doesn't box you. So at some points, you know, I can be kind of like a brand specialist and and do more planning and strategy and then other times creative, like doing more of a creative job. And then now with the business, the other side of it is actually doing the, the distribution and the selling when I started doing that, that has opened up my eyes to a completely different area. You know, creatively with an ad agency, we're, we're back end, if you like, you know, we do the sort of the behind the scenes, beautiful, creative stuff. And then someone else goes to the customers, the consumers and says, look, he go. And then someone else is selling, you know, please buy this product. Look at this wonderful piece of creative work, buy the product. Mm-hmm. Um, being the person who's, also at the front saying please buy this product has given me a completely new insight um so it's a bit it's almost like I've done a 360 degree tour of how you (laughs) sell something you know and and the hardest thing I believe at the moment for sure is being right at that front on front with a consumer um they're tough cookies you know yeah for
0: sure they (laughs) are but I think um this experience, because I've also kind of like dabbled into something similar, but I think this experience kind of like opens up our eyes to real brand work. It's not just a beautiful, creative work, you know, everything in the business, every aspect of the business, you have to really make sure that it's aligned with the brand that you're trying to create, right? So down to the distribution um, channels. What type of channel you're you're choosing to tap? You know, how do you make sure that you you really get to the consumers? What is that hook um, in yeah. order for these consumers to really choose your 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 brand over all the other options um, in the market, right? Yeah. Uh, but I remember also, Lise, when you were in Singapore, uh, when we were in Singapore, that you already started to dabble in different business opportunities. Uh, I was I was a witness to that. Your openness, uh, as, as what you mentioned earlier, to um all these new experiences. And now you've kind of like set yourself on this. But why beauty? Why e-commerce? What inspired you?
1: Yeah, I'd always been looking for... I mean, as a creative, you're always looking for you know, the whole fashion unique selling point. And that's, you know, kind of disappeared a, a long time ago. And then I came across a product that genuinely did have a unique selling point. Um, I mean, as all these, often these things are, it's kind of by accident. So I was in between jobs and a friend of mine was in Thailand. Uh, she lives there. And she said to me, look, I've met this guy. He's got this fantastic product and they need to relaunch it. You know they need it needs completely rebranding. It's a fantastic product. But I've looked at the branding, the packaging design, it's shocking. So I've said we need you. And I went, Okay, all right. <laughs> um she said, can you come over? So I said, oh yeah, all right, why not? So I flew over to Thailand and I met this guy. Um and he's got this fantastic product which is um instant eyeshadow. And I thought, wow, this is really unique. He's actually got something that is totally unique complete game changer um yeah i could definitely do something with this i got involved with him um in terms of like let me repackage it rebrand it for you and then we'll take it from there now the problem was this is a restart up if you like so there wasn't any any money (laughs) so i'm like okay um yeah i get that how do we the reality of things nowadays (laughs) Exactly, right? So this is the reality of it. And it's like, how do we navigate this? You know, I really want to do this um, because I love this product and I think it's fantastic. Um, You don't have any money because you're a new company starting up again, trying to sort of rebrand and repackage, blah, blah, blah. All right, how can we, let's work this one out. So basically we did a deal where he gave me the exclusive distributorship for Greater China, sort of Hong Kong, Greater China, um, in return for me doing the branding so that's what we did okay so just building on that so
0: you mentioned or you said that you created the brand for it right what has been your process in doing this lease was there a particular
1: process yeah there was so it was it was sort of looking at obviously starting off with the target audience and looking at who we could possibly get and obviously these days you know it's not just a sort of single target audience, it's multiple target audiences. so how do we capture all of those as much as possible and then it was also about how what well, how and how do you target those so different social media strategies for for each each one. Um, we need to get some sort of PR it needs to be talkability. There's got to be a lot of education to be honest. So the first job was always about how do you educate people into this new product? Well, we did a launch in the UK with London's Olympia beauty, um, uh, Olympia beauty show. So in 2018, we launched it there in October. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I was flown there for, for, to work with the UK distributors because I was sort of the brand architect, if you like. So they said, can you come? Um, So I did all the design for the booth. And thinking behind that, we did pop-up banners, we did social media sort of um, competitions, et cetera, so that everyone that came to the booth could actually sort of participate, try it on. And the booth was designed with a kind of wow, because most people swear when they see it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they, they use a kind of a, a another way of saying wow um in contemporary terms because it's some of those things you don't expect will work and then you try it on and you think i have i did not think that was going to work so we created this sort of backdrop whereby people could stand in the middle of the wow and then to take a selfie which is what they all did so the olympia beauty show was really really successful um and very exciting and because I was the most experienced person with putting it on as well. And we got a beauty therapist to come down and help. So her and I basically did all the testing on people. So so I then became a a makeup artist. Um, But, you know, to be honest, if you're using this, anyone is a makeup artist, which is one of the things we say, you know, you can be a professional kind of makeup artist with this. So, yeah, so we were putting on eyeshadow for everybody, giving them demonstrations, and then they were wowing, taking a selfie, uploading it, you know, kind of joining the competition. So it was a really great success, So that was a fantastic launch. And, again, it was, you know, it was really nice to be in front of the consumers, direct contact with them. This is how you demonstrate this product. So really from behind the scenes, you know, strategizing it to designing the the backdrops for them and the, in that that kind of um, campaign idea and things like that, then to actually be standing in front of them, demonstrating the product on them. But, you know, it's a really good way to get first-hand experience um, of what they think, what do consumers think of it.
0: Yeah. So. yeah. Lee, so you mentioned this as a side business, right? How important mm. is branding still for for a side business, because maybe a lot of people would say, you know, this is just a side hustle. Why should I invest in creating a brand for a side business or a side hustle? But what's your thought on it? Is it really important?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, apart from this, I was doing that. I was branding this for the main company, so for Magic Beauty themselves, and of course, then it's gone global. So we relaunched this um, in 2018. And then of course all the packs are now sold all over the world. So that's that was really nice to be able to see packaging that you've designed and it's it's on all the shelves. And so that was fabulous. So, you know, at the, at the beginning, this was my sort of side hustle, if you like. So my distributorship was a side hustle. So that um, you know, I was working with geometry here for um a year and a half and as the executive creative director. So and they and they knew they liked the fact that I had this as a as a sort of an extra business. It, I think it just keeps it keeps me um, contemporary, keeps me relevant. I suppose in a way because I'm always learning. How do I do something? You know, how, what's the next thing? Do I need to learn how to do with this? So. so how important? I think you asked how important was it to have a, a how important are brands mm-hmm. even for a side hustle? Well. I think brands are important. I think they're fundamental, to be quite honest. I think it's fundamental to have a brand with anything that you're working with, because what what is a brand? I mean, for me, a brand is basically, it's like the character, the personality. So without that, you've you've just got a shallow product. You're not going to create people coming back. You know, what we need is people having a relationship with a product so that they come back to it and they re- they choose it again and again and again. And so, yeah, so without creating, if you don't have a brand, you've not got that relationship and, and that means that you might be chosen one day, but you're not going to be chosen the next and you might not be picked up again for another month. So every product that wants to be successful needs to create that relationship with the consumers and the way that we do that is through creating a brand.
0: Yeah, and especially, I guess, nowadays, right? When competition is just coming from everywhere, you know, with the e-commerce, it has democratized the whole game, right? So back in the day when you're a shop, or a business, say, in in one city, or say in Hong Kong, your competition would just be based in Hong Kong. Now, your competition could be someone from a little town in Italy, or in the Philippines, or, you know, so uh, all the more that you should really, uh, as what you said, right, be more conscious of the brand that you create, and to really ensure that people come back to you. Or even to begin with, people will find you or be aware of what you do, right? Or have that uh, a good idea of what sets you apart versus competition, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. What sets you apart, and also what something they can relate to. So consumers want to pick up things that they feel represents themselves. Um, nowadays, more than ever, it's about being environmentally conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be honest, at the moment, if your brand isn't environmentally conscious, then you can forget talking to millennials, you know, that they're just not going to be interested. The first thing they look at, you know, is does it, does it you know, say it's clean in terms of the planet, it's clean in terms of, you know, toxins and all the rest of it. Um, so, yeah, so that's, a, you know, part of creating a brand is just understanding what are the things that your audiences um, want to be associated with and how can you give that to them, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Lise, you are leading a successful career and you have this side venture. What has been some of the challenges that you faced or hiccups that you encountered along the way?
1: (laughs) Oh, big question. Um, I think the biggest challenge at the moment is job security, which is why you have to give it to yourself. Um, which is another reason why, you know, having set up a a company a few years ago, you need to give yourself some kind of security. So, I mean, COVID has, has caused quite a lot of issues in terms of insecurities in the world, in the job market, all the rest of it. Yes, we know that. But way before then, creatives have always been pretty much with the first line of cutting, I think, which I don't believe it should be that way. I think that's just completely wrong. That's putting the the cart before the horse, you know, with a the product, we create the product, the creativity is the product that you that we're selling as an agency. So really, the, um, I would like to see that be a lot more prized in future. Um, so that's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is we have no job security. And as soon as a client moves continents, I mean, often, if a client moves their business from one country to another, we, we don't move ours, we get cut and picked up somewhere else and that's just that is the nature of the beast unfortunately so finding a way around that being able to emotionally live with that you know financially prepare for it and then give yourself something else so that you can have give your, yourself some kind of security I think that's got to be the biggest thing that we've all been you know working with for a while now but, but certainly going forward I don't see that changing very much so I think having my own business is um one way of doing that give myself Mm -hmm. some security um what was the other part of it challenges
0: yes the challenges of I guess you know uh working on this business while having your career right because this is like a side venture for you for now
1: yeah one of the things I would say that I learned is that ideas and creativity is only 50 percent of what we do it's Nothing unless we execute them. So one of the things I've learned over the years is really just execute, execute, execute. Because otherwise, you've got to execute it yourself. So you've got to have that kind of confidence in what you're doing. If you go, right, I've got this great idea. And I know it's a great idea because you can feel it. Then the next thing is don't wait for other people to agree with you. Just execute it. Um, And that's what I would say to anyone who's, who's in any kind of creative business get to the execution because that's king frankly yeah and challenges in having your own business on the side as always it's keeping that momentum going and keep stepping forward even when you think you're not getting anywhere because sometimes like this is like something I like to sort of say that sometimes going down is actually up Mm -hmm. so you think like you think I'm not getting anywhere I'm I seem to be going backwards if you like or I'm going downhill but in actual fact you're stepping one step forward and you're going forward so you have forward momentum and it's a bit like climbing a mountain there's a lots of times when you're actually going downhill because you're but you're on the ascent so you've got to look up sometimes so if you start to get you know a little bit concerned about the fact you think i'm not getting anywhere this is just us and often it's because as a creative person we think quickly and we want it, we want things to happen quickly we have all these expectations and, and time you know it should happen now i want it like right this minute and life isn't like that so it's i think when i get into that kind of state where i think this is just not happening quick enough and i'm not getting anywhere and i have to remind myself look up because actually that's where you're going and you're probably nearer than you think you are. And that's always been, then, you know, a week later or a few days later, something happens where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm actually closer than I thought I was. Yeah,
0: you're so. absolutely correct, Lise. I think it's very important to really fix that gaze and focus on, on the goal, right? Uh, and also yeah. one thing that's also really working well for me because I'm also on the same boat, you know, starting my I started my own thing, uh, is to really trust the process, You're correct. Sometimes, you know, our impatient side is really kicking in and saying, okay, this has to be done now, now, now. But you just got to trust the process, right? That there is a timing for everything. And and I think that's what also the pandemic has kind of like taught us to take a step back, rethink our game, uh, rethink of what, what we do in life, right? So, okay. So, Lise, in the recent years, you kind of like have evolved your narrative, not only to be Lisa the creative, but also to be Lisa as the businesswoman. As we end this conversation, what would be your advice for those who are thinking of starting their own side hustle or say those who also want to diversify their skill sets and sources of income?
1: OK, um, I would say do it for sure, because every creative person I know, you know, we're not uh, unidimensional. We we have so many things that we're passionate about and that feeds into why we are creative and, and, and how good we are creatively. So the more things that we learn about, get involved in and create, you know, the better we are in general in terms of what we do. So I would say absolutely do it. I started creating brands um in my spare time, funnily enough, just because I I love doing that. So you know, I was reading this book one time, and then it said like, what do you do in your spare time? You know, just for fun. And I thought, I'm I create brands. I was <laughs> like, well, I'm definitely in the right job then. <laughs> so I'll just do it if you don't pay me, I'll still do it. You know. Um, I think do what you love and do everything you love, you know, whereas before it was like, you know, choose the thing you love to do and do it. Now I think it's choose everything you love to do. And we have to be careful, I have to be careful not to um, start too many things and don't finish. So one of my mantras for myself is the execute and completion, because personally, I know that I have a tendency to sort of get ideation, you know, ideas going. Um, and then the completion aspect of it gets a bit lost. So Once I know that about myself, I can go, right, I have to complete it, execute completion, execute completion. And then that works. And that bit of it is really, like you said, just repeating, um, creating a new muscle memory, whereby you do actually keep going and you repeat the stuff until you complete. The pleasure of seeing something completed is, um, is awesome. So I think I would say if you've got anything that you want to do that you think is a side hustle and particularly if it can make money you know we all need a little bit of extra um we we need extra ways of bringing income in because at the moment it's all a bit upside down and unsure so yeah, yeah do it
0: Totally agree. So, okay, Lise, as we end, I also just want to share my takeaway from our conversation. So yes, the pandemic has been a big challenge to many of us, but if we try to be positive about this whole situation, you know, it has also given us the opportunity to rethink our game, right? So whether we are looking to diversify our skill sets, be more productive with our time or to better equip ourselves for the future, I think a side hustle is definitely a great way to evolve and also diversify our sources of income. However, no matter how small this venture is starting out to be, it's always good to work, but making it a success and branding your side business would be a critical step. So on that note, Lisa Glasgow, thank you. Thank you so much. That was such a wonderful conversation, Lise. You know, I'm always inspired by what you do and I will always continue to root for your success. Thank you so uh, much. Yes. <laughs> Take care in Hong Kong, please. Bye-bye. Right. If you enjoy listening to Brand Over Coffee conversations, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please do not forget to share your reviews and help spread the love on social media by tagging hashtag Brand Over Coffee. For questions, comments, and topic suggestions, you may reach me on Instagram at andrea.feri. Thank you for listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations.